midwife Adamo, one of the things that we see is the inability for uh, a good working relationship between OBGYNs and midwives. Why do you think there's so much friction in us being able to work together to provide the same quality care to women that are pregnant? Just off the cuff thinking about it, it's just different. Um, it's just different groups. So you've got your OB providers, your OB physicians, and you got midwives over here. And, you know, on my end, midwives are trained in normal. We're trained to take care of normal and keep it real and keep it natural. And and on my end is, is that midwives, and I'm not saying that OB providers don't look at birth like this, but, you know, midwives... A lot of the midwives, not all of them, but many of them I work with, they see birth as sacred. I mean, it is, it's sacred. We, we're not, when we're going to have a baby, we're not taking out your gallbladder. It's not the same thing. We, we are bringing forth life, and it's a, a passageway for this woman to bring forth this life within her. And it really gets into this very spiritual realm within this woman, whereas midwives are, are taught and other midwives mentor midwives to to just really uh, carry the flame or the sacred flame where to me and I could be I'm, nothing's a hundred percent but I have noticed like OB physicians you're 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 taught to, to abnormal and pathology and make sure you recognize it and and manage it you're going to you know to manage it and we we do need that. So there sort of can be a disconnect because as midwives, we're wanting to keep it normal and keep everything normal, but you can't ignore pathology to keep something normal. But I was just mentioning um, midwives aren't always accepted in OB groups because so, we don't have the same amount of knowledge. I don't profess to have the same amount of knowledge as say one of you know the physician I work with up home, or or even yourself, I, I don't I don't have the same amount of training that you have. However, my training is valid, and what I bring to the table is valid. But but I think there are many OB physicians who do not accept midwives, and they nurse midwives, and certainly not midwives who aren't certified, and because they don't respect our knowledge. And I came to Georgia because I just wanted to practice midwifery because I could not find work as a nurse midwife in Tennessee. Yes, there are midwives that are practicing in Tennessee, but it's very difficult to get find a job there because the midwives who are working there, they've worked there and they're not leaving those positions. But I was told by one of the OB physicians, well, why did you go to nurse midwifery school? You should have just become a women's health care provider. You did not need to, to be a nurse midwife. And he told me, he said, we, the OB providers here, we're not letting them nurse midwives in, and we have all banded together here, and we are not letting the nurse midwives come into this area. You know, so what does that say? What does that mean? You're not going to pay a nurse midwife as much money as you're going to pay an OB provider. And you I can take care of a lot of normal things and lead the let you take care of the the high risk or us work together to figure out what's what and i think that's the key we need to work together because talking as an obstetrician gynecologist we have been taught to recognize abnormality and in pregnancy and labor and delivery things can go wrong very quickly and if i can interject you've been taught how to manage it We've been taught how to recognize it, but not necessarily how to manage it. So when I got out of school is when I started learning more in depth on how to manage it.
You cannot ignore it. You cannot ignore somebody's high blood pressure. You cannot ignore that she has, has a severe headache. You cannot ignore obesity. Obesity is a problem. It, it, causes, it just causes a whole muck of problems when you're pregnant. And I like the way you say that because I, I think you're a special kind of midwife saying that, you know, I treat normal, but I recognize abnormal. And I think that's the, the fair OBGYNs I've had historically mm-hmm. with working with midwives is that when we see abnormal, we have to act quickly mm-hmm. and, and now because literally the box stops with us. And I think if there's a continued um, understanding between OBGYNs and midwives, you know, that midwives know that they are taking care of normal pregnancies in normal, healthy women, but that when things change, they recognize early and they refer early because the truth is that there are not enough OBGYNs to go around even all the counties in Georgia. You know, out of the 159 counties in Georgia, only 79 have OBGYNs. So there are not enough OBGYNs to go around. We do need midwives. We need certified midwives. But we need the midwives to, you know, always practice, you know, within their scope and to recognize when things change and give us an early referral so that we can step in and make sure that ultimately we have a good outcome for the mother and baby. And if I could touch on the home birth scene, if you have midwives that are practicing home birth and that need backup by OB providers, and OB providers that do not want to back up the home birth midwives. The home birth midwives are going to practice at home. They are going to. And they are going to provide care. A lot of the women that the home birth midwives take care of, they give good care. They talk about diet. They talk about nutrition. And they can't get OB providers to back them up. And these midwives need to be backed up by OB. OB provider. So when, when, when that woman does get sick or now she's got high blood pressure or now she's got gestational diabetes or whatever problem come up that she's got somebody that she can refer that woman to. And, and many of the OB providers are reluctant. They do not want anything to do with the home birth midwives, even, even though there are many, many women who go to home birth midwives. Yeah, that's true because in a position statement that was made by the American College of Nurse Midwives about planned home births, they did say that, you know, while more than 98% of women in the United States give birth in hospitals, some families prefer to give birth birth at home. Um, And I think the issue with the OBGYNs is that, you know, you know, how are the women risk stratified to deliver at home, you know? Uh, have they been really evaluated to be totally low-risk women? And then what happens when something goes bad? You know, how is that evaluated? I just think that they aren't able to collaborate with an OB physician because they don't have one. So maybe they don't have the knowledge that they need to really assess what's going on with that woman, and then they don't have anybody to collaborate with. Because there's not anybody. And I think it all boils down to also the, you know, malpractice environment, you know, because, um, you know, as an OBGYN, I'm thinking, you know, that for a home birth, number one, I'm thinking, has that woman been verified 
to be a true candidate for a home birth delivery. Number one, you know, that's what I want to know. And then number two, even with all the verification in the world, things can still go wrong unexpectedly and very quickly. Do we have the resources to manage things when they go bad quickly in a home setting, you know? Um, I don't practice at home. And one of the reasons I haven't practiced and done home birth, I think low-risk women can have a normal natural birth at home. I'm, I'm merely making a point that the home birth midwives do not have anybody to collaborate with because, no, because of the malpractice situation. Um, that's a whole different topic. I'm, I'm not really advocating for home birth. I'm just making another point of there's a disconnect that the midwives to not be supported with the very people that can help her make these decisions and to say, this is not a home birth candidate. This woman is not a home birth candidate. She does not need to be delivering at home. And to, and to not have that, that collaborative relationship that's all I'm, I'm merely saying. But for an OB provider to tell me that I should not have become a nurse midwife because they in that particular area in Tennessee was not going to support the nurse midwives or allow them to have hospital privileges. Where I am from, there are very few nurse midwives that are allowed to practice in a hospital setting. But there are women out there who can't have access to uh, care, it's a lot less inexpensive to pay me than it is to pay an OB provider. And an OB, uh, a nurse midwife can take care of normal and healthy and even help with the high-risk women under a collaborative relationship with an OB provider, thus freeing up you to take care of those more high-risk situations that you're not consumed with all the women who are normal. That's, that's all my point is. And this is a very important point. And this is why we're having this conversation, you know, just to open up to the fact that there is a scarcity of obstetric providers. And this, the, what you said is one of the ways to look at how can we resolve this scarcity. So we need, there needs to be more collaboration. We need to talk. OBGYNs and midwives need to talk. We need to, you, the midwives need to understand what our barriers and our fears are as OBGYNs. Why are we not backing up certain things that midwives are doing? And then the midwives need to let us know what we can safely back up. And we need to tie everything together in a way that makes sense from a medical liability point of view, that makes sense from a healthcare uh, provision point of view, and eventually deliver that good maternity care to the woman you know we need to all work together we can't do it alone and i'm in i'm in agreement i love working with ob providers because mm. i learn so much from you mm. i learn so much from you because you know i want to give women good safe supportive spiritual care and i do not want anything to happen to a woman because i my skill level was not high enough that i didn't recognize or have some support from someone who could identify what was wrong with that woman, and then she die because I didn't know what was wrong with her. And then I couldn't collaborate with somebody or didn't have somebody who I could collaborate with because I, 
I just didn't have that skill. And and I do think that midwives need to be recognized what their skills are and what their skills are not. And I do not agree with women who are not home birth candidates to be having birth in the home. I just do not. It's too many things can go wrong down there, and there you are in a situation trying to get to a hospital. And, you know, uh, uh, midwife Ellen, thank you so much. This is why we're, you know, if you have any input, please uh, send us an email, um, info at bcfndfoundation.org. We want to try to get to the bottom of this problem. You know, why there's a scarcity? What can we do to help the scarcity? And how can we reduce the number of women dying every year in the United States from pregnancy and pregnancy-related complications? Thank you very much. Thank you. Midwife Kim, you know, thank you so much for, um, you know, just talking with us. I know there are certified professional midwives and there are certified nurse midwives. What is the difference between the two? Well, the certified nurse midwife um, is is trained with a with a graduate degree education. Um, the certified professional midwife is they have a component of didactic, but then they also have a number of years that they have to work with their preceptor in the home environment in order to get their numbers to sit down and and they also take a, a national certification test. Um, so both. They're just different. One is um, you have to be a registered nurse, and the other one you do not. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some very, very good certified professional midwives out there, as well as there are some very, very good certified nurse midwives. Mm -hmm. And the same is, you know, there some just aren't as good as others. You know, it really comes down to the training, their experience, and what they've seen. So, you know, when, when we talk about home births, how, how safe is it to deliver a woman at home? You know? If a woman is low risk, it's very safe. Um, women were, were made to have babies. Um, if, if they have proper prenatal care, they're not outside of the parameters, they've got a normal BMI, they're not gestational diabetic, they don't have any hypertensive issues, no preeclampsia. If everything goes along, check, 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 they're a fine candidate. But the minute something changes, they risk out of that home birth because they're no longer a safe candidate to deliver at home. Anybody that, let's say, uses illegal drugs, let's say cocaine, for example, which has an increased risk for placental abruption, they would not be a a candidate for home birth, somebody same with hypertension. Hypertension also is an increased risk of placental abruption. Same with diabetes. There's issues with the baby after birth because diabetic mothers, their babies don't always have enough surfactant and they have um, transitional issues or tachypnea of the newborn. So those are issues that we as providers need to look at before we say to a woman, you are safe to have a baby at home. With that said, I will say the caveat, birth, you never know what's going to happen in birth. Okay, so if things happen in birth that you're not ready for, you have to be trained for that emergent situation. And that's why for home birth, you always have two providers who are trained in neonatal resuscitation and that are trained for a quick transfer if needed. 
The other thing is to transfer early. So if you're going to be at home and, and the labor isn't going as you want it to, you transfer early to prevent any issues. Now, me as an OBGYN, I, you know, in this age of modern obstetrics, I, you know, I'm finding it difficult to wrap my head around delivering at home, you know, because when things go bad, they go bad very quickly. What if you don't have that time to transfer or to recover from what is going bad? And, you know, you have a bad outcome. You know, what if the mother dies or the baby dies because you just couldn't respond quickly Those are enough? assumed risks. Women who, who home birth, they take that assumed risk. They are... They are basically responsible for their decision to home birth. We as providers are responsible for the risk-benefit ratio of when to tell them you are no longer a candidate. And if you can't, a lot of a lot of nurse midwives and certified professional midwives, you know, they really want to help their patient and they get a little bit blindsided and they forget about, you know what, this person really isn't a candidate. That's what you have to be careful of. You really want to advocate for that woman, but at the same time, you need to be looking out for her her well-being that she may be blind too. In other words, if she needs to go on a transfer, she needs to go. If she needs to be risked out of pregnancy at home, she needs to be transferred or collaboratively cared with another OB provider. Bad things happen, and sometimes you can't prevent them. So that is an assumed risk. Most home births are very successful. It's those that are the ones you hear about that don't do well are the ones where the risk assessment wasn't done appropriately for the majority of them. But like anything else, you can have a bad outcome in a hospital as well. And statistics show that home birth is safe. So why not support that? But I'm thinking, you know, in 2021, why should a woman assume the risk? You know, I'm thinking as an OBGYN, why assume that risk of delivering at home and i know there's an issue with access you know some of these women they just don't have an obstetric provider but it's not just access it is the way they are treated in the hospital setting they want to be treated with dignity and care and they want to have people respect their body and their decision making process so at home they have those freedoms in the hospital they have now become part of the machine. They are given a gown to wear. They are plugged up to an IV. They have, you know, fetal monitors in place. They are put on Pitocin if their labor is slowing up. And we know in natural labor, you can have, you know, early labor can go on for quite a bit of time until it becomes true labor. You know, there's not changes being made. So in a hospital setting, the physician might say, you're not making enough progress. We need to augment. Whereas a woman at home has that chance to relax, get into her own mind, get into her own sort of cave, and she's comfortable there, and she's able to allow her body to do its job. A lot of women feel like when they go to the hospital, they become apprehensive, and they're, they, they close up. So it's not that women shouldn't go to the hospital, some women feel safer in their own homes. Does that make sense? Well, it kind of makes sense, but you know, I've been a physician for 31 years and I've delivered a lot of babies and I've seen, you know, apparently normal pregnancies go bad. You know, I've always delivered in a hospital setting or a birthing center setting. And I've seen deliveries that were risk stratified to be low risk pregnancies, you know, 
something happens at delivery and most of the time I'm thinking, thank God I'm in a hospital setting. I can react to this very quickly and not to discount your views on home births, but I, I just, as an OBGYN, cannot wrap my head around in 2021 trying to deliver a baby at home because even after you stratified all the risks and you say this is a low-risk pregnancy, and the woman has assumed the risk that I'm delivering at home. There are some inherent risks to delivering at home. Even then, nobody wants a bad outcome, you know, and things can happen in, in, in even the most perfect pregnancy. It's not common. It's rare, but things can happen. But I think women want their voice heard. They want to assume that risk. There's a lot of women, they, they want that. They want to be at home. For them, it is riskier to go to the hospital. That is their perception because they know that they won't be treated the same way in a hospital versus at home. Now, statistically, low risk, it's safe. I'm not saying I'm a huge proponent of home birth. I'm just sharing the information of why women choose it. They choose it because they are in control in their home. When they're in the hospital, they lose that control. They don't, they're not really able to advocate as well as they can at home. Wow, this has been great discussion. We are definitely going to bring back certified nurse midwife Kim Holderfield to help us understand some of these issues about home births and why women choose what they choose to do. Um, again, if you have any comments or information that you'd like to share or any questions about, you know, this discussion on home births from our rural uh, our birthing center in Forsyth, Georgia, please send us an email at info at bcfndfoundation.org. Thank you very much. <laughs>